Welcome. Welcome back to Joker Men, the podcast about Bob Dylan, the fine artist, Bob Dylan, the musician, and Bob Dylan, the irascible young man, the protest singer. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, not really. Not, not really. At one time. Um, this this podcast is is not about Bob Dylan, the protest singer. In fact, it's about every other Bob Dylan besides Bob Dylan, the protest singer. Firmly not about Bob Dylan, the protest singer. Not about Bob Dylan, the uh, young f- folknik. Uh, this is a podcast about the middle part of Bob Dylan's career uh, to the present day. Um, we've had some questions. Are you going to go up until the, the current day? And the answer is firmly, yes, we are. We are we're going to continue on to where we find Bob in the year 2020 and beyond, uh, God Absolutely. willing. Um, yeah, if you, think, if you think Evan has some hot takes about uh, Saved, just wait till you hear his takes about Tempest. Right. I'm Evan, and then the other person talking is Ian. Yes. Um, I don't think my takes on Tempest are hot. Uh, not to well, not to show my hand too much, but they're only hot in the sense that I think they are, uh, you know, nice. Uh, <laughs> I love that album. Uh, but we'll have to we'll have to let the audience be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, it was very vague. But the the <laughs> the record we're talking about today. Um, is one that uh, nobody loves, everyone hates, and um, <laughs> no, that's not not necessarily true. Um, but if you love it, it's because you you're in the right place. You know, you're you're somebody who should be listening to this and um, getting an up to date 2020 uh, uh, reevaluation of uh, how should I say this the the specific reasons why this album is as bad as as it is. And that's an album called Knocked Out Loaded. The one and only. 1986, coming off of Empire Burlesque, which hopefully uh, hopefully everyone, everyone enjoyed tuning in to hear uh, my very learned father. Hopefully he wasn't too, uh, his voice wasn't too grating on everyone. Um, I don't think that's his fault. I think it might have just been his setup, his audio setup. Part of his setup. It's also partly is his it, fault. Is it his setup. voice? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you, you get what you get with, uh, with, with the older folks. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, you know, it, it just occurred to me, I said this record was bad. I actually, uh, to be totally transparent, I don't have like a real... Uh, full on. I can't. I don't know if I should say that right now because I don't. I don't really know how I feel about this record in in a lot of ways. Um, That's fair. I, I don't know how U- universally, uh, re- generally regarded as a bad record. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a bad record, but like, it, in what way and how? You know, there's a lot of bad records that exist that that have redeeming qualities, have charm. Is this a right. bad record with charm? Is it a bad record that uh, has the has the fatal flaw of the truly bad records, and uh, which are you know it's boring, right? This exactly. is what we're going to find out today. Yeah, 
Yeah, if you think about some of the records that we've talked about so far, you know, you've got your bad records. You know, these are all quote unquote bad. Uh, you got your bad records like Self Portrait, which is a bad record because Bob is doing so many insane things for the first time in his career, and people are just not happy with what they're getting from him, and he's not living up to expectations. Uh, but he's doing it in a in a frustrating, kind of deliberately subversive way, and that's I think pretty interesting. Um, uh, obviously, uh, we're, we're quite, quite, uh, fond of that record. Um, but then you've also got your bad records like, um, like shot of love, for instance, which is really just kind of a bad record. Uh, and, and I think leans more towards, uh, you know, the, the boring kind of thing that you were just mentioning, Evan, give or take your every grain of sand, um, you know, at the very end, but, uh, you know, between the title track at the beginning and, and every grain of sand at the conclusion, it's really just, uh, it's a pretty long slog, uh, and even even old Lenny Bruce can't can't bring us through. I can't believe uh, it, but that song has gotten stuck in my head. And I mean, it's a song <laughs> that like like many bad songs have have like a a catchiness to them. A memor- they're memorable in some way, and and it's almost part of what makes them bad. Is you wish you could forget, but. It, once you hear that's it, definitely it, true. it stains your brain. It, it, there's yeah. like a mark where where I've, the hot iron brand of this shitty song has seared into your memory, and then you're <laughs> you're just walking down the street one day, and you think Lenny Bruce is dead, <laughs> but his memory lingers on, or whatever the whatever he says. Um, yeah. I've already forgotten, um, you know, several of the tracks on Shot of Love, like in terms of title and and melody and stuff like that. But Lenny Bruce is is absolutely going to, uh, for better or for worse, be sticking with me until my until my dying day. Um, but yeah, so you know, you've got your bad albums like Self Portrait. You got your bad albums like Shot of Love. You've got your bad albums like, um, uh, I guess I don't know that what what else. What would Empire Burlesque? Is a, <laughs> hey, Empire right, Burlesque yeah, is your, a. It's a yeah. I mean, it's a, it's not a good album, but it's a yeah. It, it's an album that you know. This is something we should just uh, delve into briefly. I mean, just to sum that idea up, I think there are records, there are media. I mean, it's not just records. There are plenty of things in this world that exist that I think are objectively um, substandard, or they they don't they don't really hit the mark of quality as that's mm. uh, largely understood. And yet mm. sometimes something that is bad, something that is cheesy or, or smutty or shitty in, in a variety of ways is nonetheless, uh, it, it's charming and it's, it's, you're able to enjoy it. Um, some often unintentionally, like you, the way that you can enjoy certain things, um, certain works of art, let's put it, uh, it's not perhaps in the way that they were meant to be enjoyed by, by the creator. I mean, The Room by uh, Tommy Wiseau, a classic mm. example of a, sure, of, sure. of a work of art, which is largely enjoyed not for its uh, actual quality as a film, but for its interesting failures at every turn, um, yeah. ways that it subverts your expectations and uh, by a fluke of logic actually becomes more interesting than 
say, a classically considered good movie, like A Beautiful right. Mind, a fucking terrible movie, A Beautiful Mind. I'd rather watch... <laughs> well, uh, Russell Crowe? Yeah, I'd rather watch The Room um, a dozen times before I watch A Beautiful Mind again. Piece of shit film. Uh, and yet, one that you uh, you watch the first time and you think, this is a good movie. Can't say that I've seen A Beautiful Mind in quite some time, but I do remember... Um there's some scene where Russell Crowe's like looking at a blackboard and like, you know, being autistic or something. That's the whole movie. Like, but the, the, right. the funniest part about a beautiful mind is that like at every turn, uh, he, he keeps having these recurring spells of like, um, severe, uh, paranoid, um, schizophrenia. Hmm. And the unintentionally funny thing in that movie is just like, you think that it's the last time that somebody walks in on him and the room is covered in like strings and, and, uh, at push pins, uh, like making some kind of crazy pattern on the wall. Right. But it just keeps happening. <laughs> like just keep, they keep going back. It's to the just wind. like, Oh no, not again. He's like turned another room into a conspiracy dungeon <laughs> of like push pins and string. Anyway. Um, this this record knocked out loaded from 1986 <laughs> is um it's, it's not the beautiful mind of the Bob Dylan discography. Uh no, it's more like the um is it is it the room? Uh, that's that's what we're going to find out today. It is what we're going to find out today. Yeah. Um I guess just you know bit of scene setting. It's like we've said several times at this point, uh, doing a poor job of introducing the album tonight. 1986, uh, very, very quick turnaround from Empire Burlesque, which was 1985. I think less than a calendar year. This, this album is, is coming out. So Empire Burlesque obviously didn't come out until two, like basically two years post Infidels, which itself was two years post Shot of Love. So Bob is kind of slowed down in his output um up until this point obviously the christian records all came out bing 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 but then after that he's he's taking a little more time bing bing bong excuse me (laughs) uh yeah the uh shot of love is definitely the bong um but uh yeah so so knocked out loaded you might think oh you know here's bob turning around really fast uh he's 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 struck another well or, or vein of inspiration here you know he's got a new record coming out already He's out on tour at this point, 86. He's touring with the Heartbreakers, like uh, like my father told us about. He, he, I don't think he got a chance to talk about it, but he actually saw Bob and, and Tom and, and the Heartbreakers live somewhere in Southern California on that tour. And uh, apparently it's a good show. But, um, you know, it's, it seems like maybe maybe we're rounding the corner with Bob once again. And he's, he's finally moving back in into a, into a productive mode. Uh, is this the best album that he'll release since uh, Blood on, Blood the, on tracks? the Tracks? Exactly. The best album since Blood on the Tracks. If one person ever says that again, they have to go to jail. It's like he's he's released at this point. You can you can't say that you. I mean, we, we say all of this, and we are talking about all of this, not to digress too far, but, uh, you know, we are deep into the woods right now, um, talking about Shot of Love and talking about uh, 
Empire Burlesque, arguably, but especially, you know, Knocked Out Loaded. Like, this is... Suffice it to say that we know there's light at the end of this tunnel, but we're in the blackest part of the tunnel. We we're are. in the darkest depths of of Bob's career, and uh, there's no two bones about that. There's no way of getting around it. Uh, you said, oh, maybe this is a, a shot of inspiration. Maybe Bob Dylan uh, is, you know, it's, oh, wow, he's putting out another record. Maybe he's on another hot streak, like in the 60s. But um, the reality is that this record is a tossed-together bullshit album <laughs> of uh, uh, leftovers reheated from Empire Burlesque and a bunch of covers. It was actually originally intended to be another covers album, but it ended up being something uh, worse than that uh, in that it's um, it doesn't even have that amount of focus of just being a committed covers record. Something I love, uh, Self-Portrait 4, largely, is I, I like how committed it is to being just cover after cover, and it's like a who-gives-a-shit uh, fun time. This record has a bit of a uh, identity crisis, I, I, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I don't even know that it has an identity necessarily. It's just, it, <laughs> it doesn't it, have an identity to be in crisis. To have to over. be in crisis. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 eight, it's an eight song record that is about 35 minutes long, I think. And, and one of those songs is 11 minutes. So really we've got, you know, if we take that one out, we've got a seven song record. That's about 20, uh, you know, 24 minutes. Uh, hardly even, you know, a, a full length record, even in those days when, you know, Steely Dan would, would cut a seven album, uh, cut a seven track album, but it would be Asia or Gaucho or something. And those are all, you know, big kind of meaty tracks on there. This is, this is not that, this is just sort of a, a mishmash of a couple random songs from a series of different recording sessions, uh, immediately prior to it. So, so, so yeah, so uh, had you been one of those people in 1986 who sees, oh, here's a new Bob record already coming out after Empire Burlesque just a few months later, maybe he's, maybe he's back with it. You would, you would very quickly be disabused of that notion, I think. Uh, you know, the, the album is, or was universally sort of reviled amongst critics at the time. And, uh, and even since then, in the ensuing years, I don't think that it's had much in the way of a, you know, critical... Uh, appreciate reappreciation or reinterpretation the way that something like self-portrait has the way that uh, some of the christian records has this one is really one that i think has just kind of it's just kind of sat there in the corner and people don't really bother even trying to defend it or get into it because it's it's so clearly just you know a piece of shit yes but uh, without further ado, I think we should just get into the first uh, song on the record and actually ask ourselves, is it though? Is it a piece of shit? And <laughs> is it unenjoyable? And that's the main, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. Exactly. For, for your uh, Dylanologists, for, for Bob scholars like us. We are not Dylanologists. Are we not? No. Okay. Firmly No. Uh, I think Dylanologists are people who have uh, no concept of 
Dylan's, um, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like Dylanologist is first of all, a stupid and silly term. Second of all, I think that, um, it's, it's just, uh, reserved for people who maybe have a problem of like, they're nerds. That's what I'm saying. I see. <laughs> that's, that's fair. And we're cool. Well, we're not Dylanologists. I'll All put right. it that way. Without further ado. One of these days I have to get a real harmonica and, and just blow right the, into the Maybe the final episode of the show, I'll do a real harmonica instead of the classic Jokerman harmonica sound effect. Yeah. And and it'll be like we are you know, fully realizing the dream right. of Jokerman. I used to have a harmonica, but I don't think I do anymore. I mean, a real harmonicist has several, one one for every key. Right. <laughs> but like Bob. Yeah. Like the, the moment in the uh, Letterman performance of Jokerman where he, uh, he gets the wrong harmonica. Yes. And he has to the band has to vamp for like a minute and a half <laughs> straight while he just like fishes around <laughs> for the other harmonica with the right key. Um, great moment. Um, anyway. Side one, track one, knocked out, loaded. You want to ramble. So this is a cover. First of several. Uh, three. Are there three covers? Yeah, I think three covers, two original Bob credits, and then three partial Bob credits that are also um, co-writing credits with other other folks. Okay. Well, I think uh, it's it's not a cover that need needed to happen, and it's not very good. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, this is one of the most boring songs Bob Dylan's possibly, possibly the most boring he's ever recorded. Um, and boring in a way that is, is in itself boring. Like the way that it's boring isn't even interesting. It's just boring. It's just, uh, you want to ramble. Uh, there's there, what are the other lyrics to this? You want to ramble? I'm a ramble. I'm a ramble on till a break of dawn. Yeah, right? there's that type of thing. That's that's about it. Yeah, this is right into the. You know, we're we're dropped right back into the the rocking daddy uh, rockin', mode. Cool rocking daddy. Cool rocking daddy USA. mode that we encountered on, on some of the songs on Empire Burlesque. And, and I think uh, if, if memory serves, we're certainly some of our least favorites on that record. Knocked yeah. Out Loaded, you know, it's just, we're right back to it. Uh, this is a cover of a song by somebody, Little Junior Parker, a Memphis blues singer um, mm-hmm. from so, some period in, in the deep past, uh, I don't know, 40s, 50s, something like that. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that it brings up this, um, I mean, you know, the, the classic thing that comes up when Bob Dylan does something like this is, I guess the thought process I have, rather, is that 
clearly this is not to be enjoyed in the way that you would enjoy a Bob Dylan uh, height of poetry type of song. You know, this is not It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. Um, It's not even trying to be that. It's not even trying to be something close to that. Um, It's cosplaying, really, as as classic blues. It's Bob Dylan trying on and, um, well, just enjoying the, the feeling of performing classic blues material, uh, which is totally fine. And I think that it's, uh, perfectly suitable for something that you would warm up with in the studio and, uh, hearing it as, the actual as an actual track on a record is just like uh it's underwhelming what what can i say yeah yeah i mean keep keep in mind right like i th- i think bob maybe more than anyone has has a legacy of some of the great uh album openers and some of the great album closers you know you've got your uh you've got your subterranean homesick blues you've got your uh rolling stone uh, you've got your girl from north country the nashville skyline version you've got your tangled up in blue your you, rainy day women your rainy day women your changing of the guards your um gotta serve somebody even uh your joker men um yeah. This is uh, this <laughs> this song is the first song from Knocked Out Loaded. Doesn't quite live up to uh, to the template that has been set. The expectations, I would say, of a side one track one Bob song. Did you um, say tight connection in that list? I did. Tight connection is a great tight connection. Great absolutely well. belongs. Yeah, no question. I mean, um, Bob. Uh, you know, uh, even um, even back to. Um, you know, Planet Waves or something. Um, on a night like this, mm-hmm. like uh, all of oh, these. Oh yeah, on a night like this is my favorite. It's the best song favorite on track Waves. by far on Planet Waves. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, very often by a mile. More often than not, uh, Hurricane on Desire. More often than not, the first song on the record is is one of, if not the best songs. Which and and, and so to to take that uh, thought, I, I I just feel like this is a worrying moment, uh, right? As, as a listener, because. It seems like Bob Dylan is confusing what makes him feel good to perform in the moment with what is actually the right song to begin a record. Um, if I could put myself like I'm, I I don't know. I can't hear this record and sort of look at this period of Dylan's career and not sort of wonder to myself about like his mental state, his physical state yeah. where he, it seemed like he was li- kind of letting himself go um, in more ways than one. And um, I feel like not, I mean, not to like armchair psychoanalyze or whatever, but it, it seems kind of like there's an issue of him having a hard time, like discerning what feels right to him to do versus what is actually artistically um, ambitious, interesting, all those things that we we love about uh, Bob Dylan when he does things that are good. <laughs> um, you know, it, this is this is not a song that is like if you're you really have to be on 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 one to be interested in this song. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know that anyone 
even really ever is. Uh, I was looking at um, at our, our good friends at wikipedia.com uh, as as you do, uh, mm-hmm. and some strange person seems to have um, just mentioned uh, here in the reception section, there's a line that says, in recent years, the album has gained a cult following among some Dylan fans who believe it is one of his least understood works. And then there's a citation to a link. And it appears to just be sort of like a, a GeoCities website that was set up by one guy who clearly put this link into the Wikipedia page himself, where he just sort of prattles on about all of the songs on Knocked Out Loaded. You know, I, I kind of love that. It's actually pretty charming. I, I, well, I it occurs like to it. me, like, um, honestly, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe, Jesus, maybe I really just can't get into this song because I don't have, like, the intensity of connection to the experience of life that Bob Dylan was having on, like, a lot of Clonopin or whatever the hell he was doing at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that it's, it's... I mean, I just want to say, like, I don't know that that's unfounded and I shouldn't be taken seriously. Yes. Uh, parody. It's it's always tempting, especially in this day and age, to sort of, you know, pluck something from the past that is, uh, you know, widely maligned or has been deeply misunderstood and and sort of uh, champion it and, and act as if you are have some deep, profound insight that everyone else has lacked, um, you know, and, and you just have a hot take about such and such a whatever record movie book anything being brilliant and everyone else being you know a mook for not understanding it and uh, and that's sort of the the tempting move to make with knocked out loaded i think and that's what this character is doing here for well, something we've never done something we certainly have never done um but you know to be honest i, I just i don't know that it's there uh and when you have analysis uh like like this even from the album's defenders which uh, i'm going to quote from this page here Please. What? And what's the man's name? He's put this into the public sphere. Let's uh, give him a, a shout out. I think his name is Peter. Um, I don't know. I want a middle and last name. I want a social security number. I'm not sure that we have a detailed name here, uh, but if any of our listeners are interested, uh, you can go to knockedoutloaded.weebly.com what? <laughs> and find a, a, a sort of a Zodiac killer scrawl about <laughs> each of the songs on this record. Um, you know, some of the, some of the deepest insight here, what has been interpreted by many is that Dylan isn't sure where he wants to take this album, that it lacks cohesion resulting in blues, reggae, gospel, and rock seemingly programmed randomly programmed. I'm not sure what that word's doing there. I see it much differently. However, Dylan knows exactly what he wants to achieve. There is sorry to interrupt. I think that pro by programmed, he means sequenced. Oh, I see. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Dylan knows exactly what he wants to achieve. There is indeed an overarching theme present in Knocked Out Loaded, but it's not immediately identifiable. And that's where the analysis ends. What, what this overarching theme that is present is, uh, is, is never explicated. Um, so even the album's defenders, I think, are, are having a hard time really explaining why this is good besides, uh, you know, everyone else thinks it's bad, which is why I think it's good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is like this, you know what this song reminds me of, Evan, is, is, uh, the songs on Dylan 73. Like this is just, this is a cutting room floor demo that he was just using to sort of warm up with Mm. the band in the studio. And it was just sitting there and never intended to actually be released on, uh, you know, on, on any sort of album to be sold to people. And yet, and yet here it is on an album being sold to people as the first song on the first out al- on the first side of an album that Bob himself is actually putting out at this point, which right. I think, I think totally speaks to 
the, uh, you know, what you just mentioned there, him being maybe not in the, you know, who knows why he was in whatever state of mind he was in, but certainly not in the most, um, you know, uh, he isn't as sharp as he, as he's been at certain points uh, throughout his career. Uh, you just mentioned, uh, Dylan, 73, and I, I'd be remiss not to mention the recent passing of uh, Jerry Jeff Walker, the songwriter of Mr. Bojangles. Right, no, that's not um, And uh, the other day, I just uh, spent uh, the whole morning listening to his music, and um, I hadn't really listened much to his his uh, records, um, but they're all very fun, all, uh, you know, the best of what you want from a classic honky-tonk country type of uh vibe it's it's all really funny and relatable and good just uh pleasant warm fuzzy music um to get drunk by uh so r.i.p uh jerry jeff walker but uh yeah the the song sucks (laughs) (laughs) let's roll on uh, yeah, the next song on Knocked Out Loaded is really good. <laughs> That's right, folks. They killed him. This is they killed him. Um, this is uh, this is a song about Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> uh, no, uh, th- this is a cover of a song by um, Chris originally by Chris Christopherson. Yes. Um, who, uh, avid listeners, avid fans of Bob Dylan, uh, and Jokerman podcast will know was, uh, Dylan's co-star, um, really the, the, the shining star opposite James Coburn and Pat Garrett and Billy, the kid, uh, Chris Christopherson played Billy, Billy the, kid. the kid. And, uh, he, uh, began his career inauspiciously as a guy who was holding uh, the bongos, um, for Bob Dylan during Lay Lady Lay. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, uh, he wrote this song and, uh, performed it, uh, famously, um, as part of the, uh, he did perform it as part of the Highwaymen, uh, a super group, a really great super group of, um, let's see if I can remember off the top of my head. It's. Chris Christopherson, um, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and Waylon Jennings, and their song "Highwayman" is so good. Pretty good. The video also very good. I was a soldier, or I was a dam builder, or I fly a starship. <laughs> so good. Um. Anyway, this song is um, different when Bob Dylan performs it. It's a song that's about uh, the people. How does how do the Highwaymen uh, introduce it uh, in that live recording? I think that Chris Christopherson says something like, "Thank you. Here's a, here's a song for the heroes of the spirit." Here's here's a song for the heroes of the spirit. And uh, that's really what it's about. And uh, this song features a children's choir. Sure does. Okay, all right, do it with me. 
I love this song. Me too. It's 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 good. It's uh, it is legitimately unironically great. I think it's awesome. Um, I I think the key to understanding or the key to appreciating this album begins on on this song, and there aren't that many songs, so you know it, that the key has to show up at somewhere. Uh, you you need to understand that this album is. Um, you can bleep that out. I was trying to not say that. Um, I was. I went into this episode thing. I'm not going to just say that this album is, but um, you can bleep you out said, the word. I, I will so, bleep out the word, but you can bleep that one too. You said it first. Uh, I'll just uh, have that be clear. Um, Anyway, this is a cool song. It's actually better than the original by Chris Christopherson, <laughs> a um a lovable pretty boy, but he doesn't have the weird uh inflection or children's choir that Bob brings to make this uh, this this record really pop. This uh this song really is just pure fire cuz that children's choir um and uh it's good. So mo- moving on, I don't have anything more to say about it. Yeah, I, the the you know the only thing is you just it, you don't it, don't go digging. I think for anything anything beneath the surface on on this song and and or on this record and on this song in particular. It's just if you, if you like what it sounds like, then that's that's good for you. I like what it sounds like. I if you don't, I like you know you might want to just like, you might want to just ramble on. Yeah, you might want to ramble on. Um, you might want to drift, for that matter. Mm, a little further from shore, perhaps? Yes. Drifting too far from shore. Another mm. another song that just, against all odds, kind of hits, does it not? Yeah, this one, I think, is is definitely vibes to me. It, it It's the one where you really have to pause and think oh yeah this was produced by someone who produced new order <laughs> yeah it, it's very very synthesizer forward um but i have it, to say just a god awful snare sound it's so bad yes it sounds absolutely. like it's it was recorded in a closet within a closet it like sounds like shit Really, the drums, I think, on on this entire record from, you know, beginning to end, the, the percussion tracks are just, uh, you know, I, I won't I won't make your job harder and make you bleat more things, but they're all pretty arslurred. Um, and uh, and so if you if, if you like if you like the way that sounds, then that's that's good. But, you know, you're probably not going to. I guess it's worth noting that this is also the first original Bob comp the first original solo Bob composition on this record. You know, the first song that he, the first of the only two that he himself wrote on his own. And it's a pretty kind of mean sounding song to me. Have you, it's another, uh, positively fourth street. It's bit like it no. isn't even, it's no, just like, no, like, it's just, it, it's just, it, it's just like Bob being a bitch over some yeah. synths. He's literally like, I never could guess your weight, baby. Never needed to call you my whore. 
I always thought you were straight, baby, but you're drifting too far from shore. He, like, what, he's, what is I, going on here? I think that what he's saying is that you're getting too skanky for me. You're too skanky guess, for me. You got to tone it down. That's, that, that, I never ca- He's saying, like, I didn't, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be, uh, he's saying, look, I, I actually didn't mind. I don't mind that you don't shave all the time. I don't mind that mm-hmm. you're, you know, um, not mind a little stank on it. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind, um, a little bit of, uh, character, uh, on a woman that I'm involved with. But, right. um, in this case, you need to tone it down because you're, you're drifting a little too far from shore. Cause you're getting gross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I do love the um, the moment uh, when he says drifting too far from short happens a couple times. You, you maybe you can drop a, a clip in here in a moment if there isn't too much editing work that's already on your plate. Yeah, I mean, uh, my, when- the the idea is that we could use the any clip we want from a song that Bob Dylan himself would probably be ashamed to sue over. Yeah, he would never acknowledge this song even exists. So we're not going to get any sort of DMCA uh, requests. Um, but yeah, the moment when he says drifting too far from shore and then the Dylanettes like come in like a half beat later, Bob says like drifting and then they're like drifting, but it's like, it's not a full beat. I don't know. I just, I love that. They do that two or three times throughout. Uh, and I, I always get a little like kind of, uh, a little, little jaunty step going when I hear that. Hmm. You know, there's no, there's no reason, there's no, nothing much deeper than that to say about it. Uh, Again, this sort of just goes back to this being a dumb record uh, with a lot of dumb songs and dumb production choices. But that's, you know, that, that's what you get sometimes. You you can appreciate the dumbness. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, You can appreciate most of the time. Uh, the the next track is called Precious Memories, and it's a cover. And you sent me the original, not not the original actually, just like a just a, a version. version. Um, yeah, this is some sort of hymn from the nineteenth century, actually. Oh, uh, wow. and that was Very... that was one version. Aretha Franklin has another version that's like seven minutes long. Oh wow, um, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's just like a traditional gospel hymn. Well, this one is very a non-traditional take on it in that it's uh, <laughs> not it's not it's not good. I don't I I hate I hate being negative, you know. I don't like to hear myself say this is bad, but yeah. I have to just be honest and that's part of part of what we're dealing with here is uh, not it's just it's like the first track it's not interesting it's not he doesn't do anything with this it sounds like a warm up that just got put on the record because they needed to fill some time this this song unfortunately unlike you want to ramble which you know was the was the return of rock and daddy bob this song is the return of maybe an even more cursed form that Bob uh, takes from time to time, which is reggae Bob. Oh, reggae Bob. <laughs> you know, I, I can't believe you said that, Ian, because I thought that we were on the same page that reggae Bob is sometimes a, a special treat. 
Well, I think I think reggae bob can be uh, can be a good move when it's not too when when there's just like sort of a dash of it. like like you want to you want to use the reggae uh, seasoning as if it were a salt a precious salt you know too much salt in a soup or on a on a salad it is, you're going a little too far but just the right amount I think that really that gets us where we're going so if we get the amount of reggae that we get on Joker Man for instance. You know, I'm I'm right there. Mm-hmm. But this is this really is just like you know one step away from Bob strolling out in white dreads, um, and uh, you know it's, white it's, dreads like the like the twins in Matrix Reloaded, like the Matrix, yes, Matrix Two and Matrix Three, uh, the the guys who can like turn into spirits Ghosts, and yeah. fly around and yeah, very cool guys. Uh, I have nothing to say about this song. Well, Sorry, well, it's. If if you are one of the sickos who uh, likes reggae Bob, this is your track. Um, but uh, I, don't, I, I don't even think about it as like super. Re- it's just like precious, and it's just about memories and how you think about them. You know that feeling when you think about memories. Yeah, TFW, uh, precious memories. Um, yeah, it's about it. It's, it's about as stale and tired as saying the face one. Dot dot dot. You know, it just feels like a waste of time. Uh, I th- I think a song like this, not to spend more time on precious memories than we need to necessarily. Okay, but I think a song like this can succeed and and be interesting. And that version that I sent you, I forget who it's even by. Um, is is sort of a slow kind of um laborious kind of um. Uh, like burning song. The version you sent um, me was by Sister Ros- Rosetta Tharp. There you go, Sister Rosetta Thumb. And it was good, and it has a really really crazy-looking cover. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but it's uh, it's good, and I mean, it, it sounds like real music, and this this sounds like... Uh, I mean, we one thing I wanted to talk about um, a little bit with this record was comparing it to the records of Lou Reed at the time. Right, um, right. I feel like Lou Reed sort of was releasing records in uh 84 and 84 is when new sensations came out and then right. mistrial came out 85 i think mistrial came out in 80 maybe 86 86 maybe um anyway regardless uh around this same 86, time yep yep june 86 yeah and and um you know, those are famously records in Lou Reed's career, which are sort of lesser uh, records. However, I think that this record and um, and Empire Burlesque, not that anyone asked, but they make those records seem a little better than than they maybe might be considered just off top, but I, 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 I just feel like a lot of, a lot of these artists were going for the same thing here. They're like chasing that, like Huey Lewis, um, energy. Um, they wanted to bring that like fun, contemporary yuppie music, to their own uh, work. And um, it doesn't always work out. Uh, I, I actually think the those Lou Reed records are a bit stronger overall. 
than these Bob efforts. But um, this one just feels, yeah, it's like a swing and a miss at at that uh, I love you, Suzanne type of type of feeling. Yeah, I, I think I think Empire Burlesque actually, you know, kind of stands up with new sensations and mistrial. I, I would say that um, Empire Burlesque actually. Yeah, I think I think you're right that it actually fits. That's why I see a sort of parallel here. It's like you got your Empire Burlesque and then your new sensations and those kind of stand toe to toe. And then you're you're knocked out loaded in your mistrial and mistrial edges out by a tiny bit, I think. Um, definitely. But uh, yeah, it also contains the original rapper, that awful song. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, what a shitty song. Um, and, you know, New Sensations has my red joystick, which is not uh, that good. Definitely not one of the better but dick joke bo- songs. Both of those have great, some great songs on them. Uh, Tell It to Your Heart on the end of Mistrial is really beautiful. Um and on uh, New Sensations, there's more than one good song. Um, the title track is not even bad. And uh, New Sensations also features Endlessly Jealous and Turn to Me and I Love You, Suzanne, and Doing the Things That We Want To. And uh, that's basically it in terms of my read of those the best songs on that album. But I digress. I just wanted to bring that up because it's a, an interesting parallel of two um, iconoclasts, two guys who are trying to appeal to Patrick Bateman, trying to keep their head above water, making hot tunes in the eighties. Yeah. Two icons who were sort of adrift, who who themselves had drifted a little too far from shore at this moment in their careers. Well, that brings us to, I believe the last song on side a, maybe someday. Right. I forget this one. <laughs> I think Bob does too. Uh, this is this is the second of two uh, you know, solo Bob credits on the record. It's been played a grand total of zero times live. Um, features features some you know very memorable lines such as um, you know uh, I should have known better, baby. I should have called your bluff. Uh, I guess I was too off the handle, not sentimental enough. Maybe someday you'll believe me when I say that I wanted you, baby, in every kind of way. Is this the one that goes, maybe someday? Yeah. This is actually the one with the actually memorable line instead of the random one that I just pulled off the lyric sheet. Um, You said you were going to Frisco. Stay a couple of months. I was like San Francisco. I was there for a party once. Yeah, I was there for a party one time. Once. Once. Um, no, actually, look, I'm getting this song confused with Under Your Spell. Under Your Spell. That's the closer. That is the closer. Yes, I don't even... <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, so you've got sort of like a... I don't even know if they sound the same. I have nothing to say about this. They don't, really. This has got sort of a rave-up horn... Um, Where does the term know, going? rave up come from? Um, I don't know, actually. I, I've always sort of thought of it along the lines of like rave on, you know, the Buddy Holly song, just like sort of, you know, get get riled up with your sweetie baby. Um, and then, right. obviously, you know, raves 
turned into something a little different. Um, Slightly different. Yes. Yeah, I hate to. Yeah, I, mean, I hate is... to end this episode on an anticlimax, but um, that's what we've been given. So, I mean, I I literally couldn't. I don't know. I listened to this record an hour ago, and I don't remember this song. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, when you get a formless, shapeless kind of record, you're going to get a formless, shapeless kind of Jokerman, and uh, and that, that the the medium is the message, so to speak. Ugh. Uh, we are <laughs> okay, Marshall McLuhan. <laughs> we are we are imitating the experience of listening to Knocked Out Loaded by uh, being uh, shitty and slapdash. Uh, with with brief moments of clarity and brilliance, and a and a uh, little knocked out loaded ourselves. I I've been hitting the heaven's door, hitting the heaven's door. I actually polished nice, off the bottle. We still got I think about half of ours over here. We've finally getting into the cooler, legit, legitimately cooled, colder, uh, colder months here in New York City. We've got a nice you know sub forty degree evening that's settled. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good. It's good cider drinking weather. Heaven's door goes goes great in the cider. That's true. Um, what else did you put in there? You put any herbs? Any spices? Mm, yeah, Cinnamon? you do. Um, yeah, you do. Cloves. You, you mold. You mold the cider on the stovetop. Yeah, so you get you get some cinnamon sticks. You get some cloves. You get some allspice. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you heat it up and let it sit there for a little while, and then you, you know, then, then you get yourself a cider. Yeah. All right. Join us next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs>